With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, man. It has been a very, very long time. Welcome back to the Sports Bar Podcast at SBP. Your boys have been gone for a minute. No, you ain't heard from us in a, in a second, but we are back. Source, how you feeling, man? It's been a long time. You ain't lying about that, bro. We've been uh, missing out. We've been missing out, but we back at it. You know, life life happens, so we we kind of missed out on a couple couple weeks, a couple shows, but we back at it. Hopefully the people missed us and uh, join us again, you know what I mean? How you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. We, we've been gone so long. I was getting ready to queue up. The fat boys are back, but ain't none of us really, either one of us really fat, right? Like, we might got beer bellies. We got beer bellies. Indeed. Got that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We definitely got beer bellies. But um, overall, I don't think that would have been too fitting, man. But I'm just glad to be back, man. <laughs> I was like, me and the boys saw us. We ain't cooked it up in a minute. But we both had stuff going on, man, that we had to take care of and kind of tied up our busy schedules. But what a glorious morning because we get to talk today, brother. See, that's okay, because now we're back to clear all the rumors and straighten the facts. <laughs> what was that? No doubt, man. Yo, so how things been going for you, man? Bruh, crazy. Life is crazy, but uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Ready to rock and roll and talk these sports. You know, I had like uh, a, a wild day. I wouldn't say wild, but an interesting day yesterday. I definitely want to tell you about that, though. Okay, no doubt. We're going to get into that uh, right off the bat. But first, let me let the people know one thing, brother. Um, You can catch us on Facebook. Please join the Sports Bar Podcast group. Um, We kick these podcasts out, but we're more than just a podcast. We have a lot of fun uh, playing Daily Fantasy. We talk a whole lot of sports. We talk some hip-hop. We talk TV and movies, too. We, We do it all. We're a little unique. But we love what we do. So we are on Facebook, the Sports Bar Podcast, SBP. You can always catch us there. But my partner, Source, man, yo, like, you had a day yesterday. Should we go ahead and get into that now? Yeah, man. Let me tell, let me tell you about this day yesterday, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you do that, I got to cue up the music, man, because you got a story <laughs> to tell, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got to cue up the music. I got to hear my boy okay. talking about right here. All right, so give me a second here. All right, what we're down, partner. What's up? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Prime's always on point with the music. So check it out. So yesterday, my wife, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Jada, and I went on a bus trip to uh, the Smithsonian African American Museum in Washington, D.C. We went with the uh, with the Omega Sci-Fi brothers uh they took a boys and girls club trip up there so we went with them shout out to them for that so anyway this is our first time going up there we go in i'm not gonna tell you all about the uh museum 
it was dope. It was crazy. Like, Jada wanted to go to the sports section first. We went there. We could have stayed there the whole time. Like, next time I go, I'm definitely staying in there for a couple hours and just just soaking it all in because it's a lot. It's a lot of information. But, so this epic trip is, you know, it's already crazy just being there. We go down to the whatever room. I think it was the music, the music section. I walk in the room. I look over. I'm like, what? First of all, there's a white man beside me who I don't recognize with a Spurs shirt on. I'm like, oh, he's a Spurs right, fan. Right. Okay, cool. <laughs> Two seconds later, I look to the left across the room. I'm like, hold on, bro. Is that Lamarcus Aldridge right there? It is Lamarcus LA? Aldridge. Yeah, so I was like, where? So I made the B I made the B line like a real fan. Like, I really cared, for real. Like, but, I mean, it was cool. <laughs> anyway, so I walk up to him. I hold my hand out. He shakes my hand. I'm like, hold on, bro. Y'all played tonight? He was like, no, nah, we played last night. My mind is, you know, it's 13 games Friday night. So I'm like, oh, okay. I must have missed that joke. Anyway, he keeps talking, but as he's talking and I'm talking, he is walking the opposite direction. I already know what it is. Dude is like, I ain't trying to get mobbed. I ain't trying to have a whole bunch of people come up to me. I'm about to roll out. Word. He rolled, dog. He rolled. He went to the door <laughs> and kept going. It was funny. The security people that worked at the joint were rolling because it was funny. <laughs> My wife laughed and I'm laughing. You know, it was a funny moment. Cool. A couple seconds later, I look up, head on backwards with the with the with the breeze. It's Patty Mills. He walks by. I'm like, oh, okay. Patty. Then I'm like, wait, is everybody here? Little Patty. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, dang, the Spurs in this joint. I look over Davis Bertrand's, and a group of people are just you know standing Bertrand's. I just standing there, you know, talking. So I'm like, dang, this is wild. Lonnie Walker's in there. I didn't recognize Lonnie Walker. I saw the hair. I was like, wait a second. Who is this? But Lonnie, it was Lonnie Walker. Walk around a little bit. You know, I don't bother them. I don't, I don't mess with them. But right. I was like, man, sports ball podcast. We got to at least get a picture of something. I'm like, Jada. Jada's 16. You know, and she don't mind going up to people. I'm like, go, talk, go over there and ask him, can you get a picture? I'm talking about the group. She went to the group. So he goes over to this sports guy, the shortest guy in the group. He's like, right. Hesitant. And then she asks, can I get a picture? The other guys are walking away already. They were already walking away. So I don't take it as they walked away after she said it. But they were already kind of walking away. She just happened to get this one guy's attention. He was like, oh, oh, uh, yeah, I can get them for you. I don't play. I'm just a manager. I'm, I'm looking at dude like, <laughs> I, know, I know who you are. But my mind is slipping right now because, I mean, who expects to see the San Antonio Spurs randomly in a museum? So I'm like, who is this dude? I know who he is. He's like, I'm a manager. I'll get him for you. He didn't get him. Like, don't worry about it. We move on. I look back at him. Later on, I realize it was Brent Forbes after we get back on the bus on the way back home. I'm like, dog, that was Brent Forbes. (laughs) (laughs) He's barely taller than me. He was so short, it ain't look right. But anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was Brent Forbes. We go on, you know, see the fellas again. Uh, my wife 
goes up to Derek White. She's like, excuse me, would you mind taking a picture with my daughter? He says yes. Take the picture. I talk to him for a quick second. Cordial enough. Cool. So we're like, dope. This is cool, man, you know. And nobody, at this point, nobody is talking to them. Nobody's realizing that it's the spurs in this joint. Everybody's right. acting home. Two minutes later, I look over to the left, and it is 100 people gathered in a corner. I look above Uh-oh. the corner. It's Pop, Sean Elliott, and every, I guess everybody had kind of migrated over there. The rest of the team had migrated over there. Only people I didn't see were I didn't see DeMar DeRozan and I didn't see Rudy Gay. But everybody else, yeah, they were in the in the uh, in the museum kicking it. So it was dope. It was crazy and it was dope. Oh, so you got to see. You saw D. Sean Elliott, Mr. Former Arizona Do-It-All, Sean Elliott, Mr. Spurs mm-hmm. Retired by Number 32, mm-hmm. Sean Elliott. Yes, oh, indeed. Snap. And now That's and dope. I, I hadn't really thought about him being on the, on, the, uh, on the bench or on the staff. I was looking at him right. like, Pop. I was like, dang, it's Pop. And there was no way to get to him. Like, it was like a massive group of people in between me and them at that point. And, you know, it was serious, but it wasn't that serious. But, yeah, then I saw Sean Elliott. I was like, oh, no, that's like the best player in Arizona history, Sean Elliott. So it was cool. And then, you that's know, crazy. the day goes that's on. That's crazy. So, so I blame myself, you know, for bringing attention to him because they were chilling before I came in there. They were just kicking <laughs> Walking around, talking to each other, laughing. I'm like, oh, so my bad to the Spurs. I apologize for blowing y'all's spot uh, in the museum. It happens, man. It happens. But after all that, that was dope. after all that, that was dope. I'm still tripping off the Sean yeah, Elliott joint, though. That's dope. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was like surreal for a second. Um, but after all that, and and nobody, nobody on the bus. I didn't ask anybody, but nobody mentioned seeing basketball players. So I was like, they ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. So I don't know if anybody else even saw them or even, you know, ran wow. across them or even noticed them. But, uh, yeah, Jada got the picture with Derek White, so that was pretty cool. But on my way home, actually, when I got home later later in the evening, totally different story, still part of the day, I get a call from my cousin to Kenya, who lives in Pennsylvania. He had come down to Virginia Tech to bring her son, Anthony, for a football visit. Anthony's a freshman. He plays football. He's a receiver. Like, his first play of his career, he ran a kickoff back for a touchdown. Like, that was his his varsity (laughs) in the beginning of his career. He was running a kickoff back for a touchdown. So, anyway, uh, they went to Tech yesterday, and as a freshman, my man got his first offer from a college, uh, full ride and all that good stuff, from Virginia Tech, where my daughter is right now. So that was dope. Congratulations to him. So had nice. the museum, had the Spurs, little family getting a getting a getting a little love. So it was a dope day all the way around. Man, it sounded like you had a dope day, man. I wish I had a dope day, man. I I was at work, but <laughs> you had it going on, bro. <laughs> like, you had it going on. That, that's awesome, man. So, man, shout out to you and the fam, man. Looks like y'all had a good time, for sure. <laughs> Indeed. Appreciate it. No doubt, no doubt. 
we're going to get into these hoops. Today's show source is titled, Who Shall Take the Crown? And for those of you listening, no, we're not talking about Khaleesi. We're not talking about Jon Snow. <laughs> no, we Never. are not talking about <laughs> Aya. We're not talking about none of that today. We talking sports. Y'all, we can deal with that. Or y'all can deal with that next Sunday when things kick off. Some of you get what I'm talking about. But we're talking about basketball, man. All right. So, first of all, the men's side. We got a big thing, a big game boiling tomorrow between Texas Tech, who would have thought, and UVA. And it was a little controversy um, in that, that game last night with UVA and Auburn, man. And, and, and it was crazy. Um, some officiating, gas possibly. But nothing more than the, uh, the I guess, the double dribble call, would you say, or the no call <laughs> in that Virginia game, man. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was kind of wild. Like, I, I don't know how you missed that one. I don't know how you missed that one. Like, that, that's pretty blatant. The ball never went near the defender, uh, even for anyone to think that he touched it. And he clearly picked it up with two hands and started dribbling again. So I don't know how you don't call that. But even after that, I got to say, I don't know if you remember, after the first game Auburn played in the in the tournament, when they made a whole slew of mistakes within the last minute and should have lost. Mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. or it was the first weekend, I should say, I said Auburn is or must be the dumbest team in the tournament. They have to be the way that they ended that game. It was it was crazy. Here we go again. <laughs> Same kind of situation, partially. Not as bad as, as the earlier game, but how do you even... Here we go again. How, how do you even... Oh, man. And for anybody who says it wasn't a foul, like, you're just looking for a reason to not call a foul mm-hmm. or not say anything. You Clearly, he bumped him, bumped uh, Kyle Guy while he was in the air and landed in, uh, in his space. Automatic foul. So, I don't know I don't know what the argument is with that, but definitely the double dribble was crucial. Well, Gene, Gene uh, Steratore, as far as, the, he, you know, far as the foul at the end, he pretty much laid it out for you, plain and simple. There's no way that that's not a foul. Um, it, it's, it's described right. as basically the player leaves his feet while defending. He jumps up and comes back down, you know, straight down in the same spot. It's less likely to be a foul call. But the defender clearly jumped forward. When he came down, he didn't land in the same spot. So it's almost as if he wasn't giving the uh, the shooter enough room. Actually, he moved in on his territory, and he came mm-hmm. down. And it did affect the shot. So there, there's no argument there. I saw some of that in the Facebook group, and I was like, nah, 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 nah. That is clearly a foul. But I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, and shame on me. And maybe it was just the hype of the moment, but I totally missed when it happened the uh, double dribble no call. But I went back and watched it a couple of times, and you know what was odd to me, unless the cameras just didn't get everybody? Did you happen to notice that from what we could see, there was nobody at least on the court even thinking about it being a double dribble? Mm. We saw more more hype. We saw more hype, as, as we should have, Towards the end, at the end of the game, on that on that foul call from the three point line, when guy was attempting the three point shot, 
Yeah, and of course, it was at the end of the game. It was a super crucial moment. But if you go back and watch the tapes and the videos of the no call on the double dribble, I do not remember seeing anyone on the court or even the coaching staff even making like that's supposed to be a double dribble. Now, I'm not saying they couldn't put somebody off to the side that we didn't see, but I didn't see, you know, they didn't pan over to, you know, uh, Bruce Pearl losing his mind like they did later on. Um, -hmm. Versus nobody. It was actually the folks in the studio that actually brought it up. And that was the first I heard of it. And I went back and looked at it. I said, oh, damn, they did miss it. But it's not in the moment. Wow. Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. Because, uh, but but it, it was bleeding. So and there's a there's a referee on yeah. that side. So you got to think that they got to see that. Like I don't know what else you could be looking for. I'm not sure what else you would be looking for. But we're not going we're not going to dwell too hard on it. You can you know congratulations to UVA overcoming last year's embarrassment, historic embarrassment of losing as the number one seed to the 16 in the first round, first time ever. They go from that. To the championship game so they definitely deserve some respect and love and uh, appreciation for overcoming adversity and getting right back I didn't even look at it that way but more and more you think I think about it you're definitely right um, being knocked out embarrassingly last year now you got a chance to play for all the marbles and it's kind of crazy I mean how does it feel to you man like that even though whether it's your squad not your squad whatever to have a school that's less than an hour and a half away from here <laughs> actually playing for a title. Because I don't know about you, man. Right. Like, me growing up, I, I mentioned to you before, I don't really, you know, I don't really go out there on college basketball, and if you've noticed, and really uh, hype up my squad, okay? I mean, it's, it's not well known that I do root more for the University of Cincinnati People don't worry about it. Don't ask me why. It's none of your business. <laughs> but then I do for most teams. But there's no secret to anybody that knows me. I grew up a UVA fan, and they've always had a special place in my heart, especially after they broke my heart as a kid and had me in tears quite a few times in the Ralph Sampson days. Um, but how does it feel to you to have a school like Cloaks playing for the chip, man? I love it. I love it. Even though my, you know, my daughter goes to Virginia Tech, and you know they they pretty much hate Virginia UVA for whatever reason, and I, <laughs> I understand. But Virginia is, I mean, it's the state of Virginia. Like you gotta, you gotta love it. You gotta love it when we're on the the platform. You definitely felt it in a negative way last year when they lost. The whole state of Virginia was on suicide mm-hmm. watch, like. That was it was bad business for the state, but now we're on the other side of that. And I mean, I love it. I love it for them. Uh, I love it for Ralph Sampson, Ricky Stokes, Othell Wilson, Jeff Jones, Lamp, shoot, Corey Alexander, my man Yuri. Shout out to Yuri Bonds, and specifically yeah. coach uh, or assistant coach Jason Williford, who was on that UBA team in the '90s that lost to. Cincinnati in the Sweet 16 game, I believe it was mm-hmm. the Sweet 16 game. Um, mm-hmm. Nick Van Exel, my you know my favorite baller. But anyway, yeah, that, that, sure. was, that was tough. That was tough because I I definitely laughed or cracked a joke at Yuri and Jason, and uh, you know after that, and I didn't think they they felt it was funny. 
at home. But anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely, it's awesome. And for all the all the friends and and loved ones that went to UVA and love UVA, you know, I'm excited for them. And shout out to the lesser known uh, former UVA players, the uh, the Craig Robinsons, the Kenton Edlin, my guy Mel Kennedy. Most people be like, who the hell is Mel Kennedy? Look him up. That was my dude. That was my dude. Yeah, but shout out to them, man. So hopefully they – Olden uh, Polonies. You know. Olden, yeah. I'm going to get Polonies, though. Jim Miller. Hey, what? hey. Yeah. That's what shout out to Don Staley and Tammy Reese. Especially Tammy Yeah. Reese. But Don Staley is the girl. Love Don Staley. No doubt about it. So shout out, man. But the last thing I got on the on this particular game is: Have you ever seen a cat that cool step into the free throw line, dude? I saw no fear when guy went to the line. I no, I ain't trying to be funny. The first thing he had that look in his face, like, oh yeah, y'all going, y'all going home, like straight up, like it looked mm-hmm. like there was no doubt that he was going to sink those free throws. And then you know when he looked the most confident. It's just before he took the third free throw. It was like yeah. in his mind. He, if you look at him, he without like taunting anybody. It's just the look that he had on his face. What Stuart Skye used to say, "Smooth as the other side of the pillow, the cool as the other side of the pillow." Dude, mm-hmm. if you ever go back and watch the end of that game, I've never in my life on any level seen a dude look that confident. He's like, "Yeah, y'all about to go home." <laughs> I was laughing, dog. That's real. That's real. And he meant it, and he finished through. He followed through. Uh, It's funny that there was a story talking about Tony Bennett and his discussion with the players after the loss last year and making, making them go to the podium and show love for the seniors and to be in that moment to, you know, accept what happened. And I think that helped them to develop and get to the point where they are today. So say what you want about Tony Bennett, whether you like him, hate him, whatever. He's he's definitely a solid coach with still a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, and hopefully this helps in recruiting, man. They get some scores in there. But that's a a subject for another day. But look, man, so let's transition to the game. Uh, the game that's going to go down um, on Monday night. Well, you got yep. Texas Tech and UVA, and you made a great point, which probably what a lot of people were thinking. But last night on the Sports Bar podcast page, you put something to the effect that, like, where did this Texas Tech team come from? Or <laughs> who are they or whatever? And, mm-hmm. um, man, like, these cats have, have taken college basketball by storm this, this, this March Madness. And a lot of it's just written on the fact that they're a very good defensive team. They they can defend. That, that seemed to be the story as I looked up and down. All four of the teams that made the uh, you know the Final Four that all of them could play defense. And this team, they pretty much written that they've had some pretty balanced scoring. They've got an NBA prospect in a sophomore in, Col- in Culver that nobody really talks about uh, when we when, when you're talking about the uh, the potential draft picks. And, and so on. So he's just a sophomore. I haven't seen that he's the, already said that he's going to leave. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, this team has gotten there mainly on defense and good coaching, man. And I suspect this is going to be a real, real good matchup come Monday night. 
Yes, indeed. If they get to 100 points total, I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. <laughs> it's going to be a defensive struggle. Uh, it should be a great matchup, though, if you like defense. If you enjoyed if you enjoyed the New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl, you're going to love this. <laughs> there won't be many points scored. It'll be all defense. But um, I got to say, bro, regardless of anything else, I'm rocking with the home team. UBA all the way. I want to see them win it. I hope I definitely hope they win it. I think it's going to be tough though, because the one thing that scares me about this game is if you look at uh, Texas Tech yesterday. All right, their guy that leading score didn't have the greatest the greatest of games. Part of that because he was defending pretty well, but they outscored you know they outscored Michigan State off the bench by about ten points. And so when I'm looking up and down this whole deal, I'm wondering if UVA has to go deep into the bench, if it has to do, if they have to do that, where's the scoring really, really going to come from? I'm looking at this thing. I'm thinking, of course, we know that Hunter's going to have to play a great game. Um, I'm going to need Jerome to have a game like he had yesterday. Man, this is and double it Jerome. <laughs> and, um, of course, Guy. Guy got to keep the sharpshooting. There's a reason um, that he's um, cool as the other side of the pillar. He, he does his thing, man. But um, I'm going to need all three of them to step up and play a, a perfect game. Because if you look at yesterday, Diakite played well, um, but he missed a couple of opportunities late in the game, namely at the free throw line. I'm not saying he's the greatest free throw shooter out there, but if he didn't hit his free throws, we may not have come to the conclusion of the way things went down yesterday. And then we still could have. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think UVA is going to have to be as solid as ever. Um, defensively, where they defending the starting five, and those cats that come off the bench uh, for Texas Tech, because I see both teams trying to force each other to shoot outside. That, that's what's going to happen. Both teams are going to have to be forced to shoot outside. Um, it's just a matter of who's going to be able to knock down those jays. Mooney versus Guy. Yeah, yeah. That now, Guy. To me, he gives me the type of feel of a guy that's uh, that's poised for another good game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if guy comes out and just has one of those games, like an entire game, like he had those final ten seconds yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, if I had to vote, you know, a prediction for player of the game, I, I'm going with Kyle Guy off top. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that, though. If it's 100 points scored in this one, I'd be totally surprised. I'm rocking with UVA. Just something tells me that they um, – just too much has happened at this point for them not to win it. You already mentioned, you know, the uh, the super early exit last year. Um, the criticism that, you know, the coach takes uh, about uh, just being all defensive squad and not uh, always being able to score – they had a few high and low points this season. I just think too much has happened for them not to be able to pull this game out. Um, they riding high, man. Um, but I'm going to ride with UVA, man. I see a low-scoring game. Um, they may you know, get to 100, maybe, <laughs> or just under 100. But um, I see UVA maybe winning this one. I'd give it uh, maybe 50, 54, 52, maybe. Sounds legit. I'm going 51, four, let me see. What was our points in the uh, 
on the block joint. 5348. 5348. That's what I'm looking for. So that's money for me, you know. So <laughs> Hey, remember we were talking about you and I we was getting those brackets in um for the SVP uh March Madness contest and I was telling you yeah. I thought I had a second bracket in there, but I um evidently I didn't get it submitted. Mhm. Well, I was getting ready to say I was gonna be mad today. Well, I don't know how the rest of my stuff would have shaken out. So we're talking about points. But originally in that second bracket, of course the first one I had Duke. I had what I had Villanova. I had Villanova playing in the championship game against Duke. I believe it was. Of course Villanova went out early. And uh Cesar Gonzalez, he let me know that. I think he pointed it out to everybody on the page. Shout out to Chris Sims who had Villanova playing in the final. But I believe I had Duke winning. <laughs> um but so shout out for putting the brother on blast. I ain't mad. That's what we do. Um, but uh, the second one, I actually had Michigan State winning it all. So um, that wouldn't materialize. So and I'm pretty much still feel like I'd have been out of the whole deal regardless, man. Yeah, I don't know. Once once Michigan State, if they would have won it, you know, you jump up to the top and we're gonna see an our an our pole, uh, our pole, our pool. But I want to give a quick shout out to my man Kyle Hobson. Kyle is first. I'm I'm pretty. It's pretty much over as far as the actual the second or third spot to go. Well, second spot's locked up too by AJ. But shout out to Kyle Hobson who was in first place in the SBC March Madness pool and in the second chance pool. The second chance pool that's over. Like he won that. So shout out to him <laughs> for getting all the money. All the monkeys Second time around Yeah, shout out to him And he he locked up some stuff early Remember last year, I think I won it last year uh, With Villanova And I think I had that bad boy locked up early Like, I was smoking So it was only right that I fall flat on my face early Like UVA did last year <laughs> And uh, be out of that thing real quick So yeah, that, that's how I went down <laughs> For sure But look you know we love the ladies, and we are going to talk about the ladies. We've got a great, great matchup about to go down. This is the matchup that a lot of people wanted to see. This is the matchup that I've wanted to see from day one of the season, um, being the way that these two teams were constructed. And now we're here. we got Notre Dame versus Baylor. Shout out to group member uh, Kelly McMillan, resident Notre Dame fan up and down. Uh, football, basketball, all that. He's uh, he's riding high right now in Hofen. But we got a great game, man. And I don't think, realistically, if you want to be honest, the way things played out, if you're talking, in my opinion, the two best teams in women's basketball are playing in this championship game. I have to agree with you, Prime. From beginning to end, the, uh, the most dominant squads, as we have talked about before, uh, you know, everybody looks for UConn to be the squad, because they have been the squad forever, it seems like, but uh, recent history has shown the other teams uh, are sneaking up there and getting in the mix, especially Notre Dame, who's been around for a minute. Shout out to Sky Dig. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be a great play. game. This is the same. This is the same coaching matchup. Like I think you you had posted it in the group. This is the same coaching mm-hmm. matchup for a championship 
as the last time that there were two women coaches in the championship. They're mostly Muffin McGraw. So that's dope. That shows that they're on top of the game. And right there as well. Because it's not like Baylor's been a slouch. Definitely haven't been a slouch. And Kim Mulkey has been around. She's always in the mix. You can go back and check it, whether it's Sweet 16, Elite 8, or whatever. Kim Mulkey is tough. And her style is tough. She seems to be, if you look over her years coaching, she seems to be a coach that favors the the uh, the pounded game, as I call it, meaning she likes bigs. She likes bigs. She likes to feed the post. Um, and, and she feels that everything you know, that's going to happen on the offense going to revolve around what happens in the post, whether it means, you know, I let my bigs, you know, get busy down low and score or suck in defenders and kick it out to my folks. But this squad that they got now, they've got two bigs, man. Um, What's the girl? Mm -hmm. Kalani Brown and Lauren Cox. These girls can ball. And what I love about their games, man, is that they're two of the better passers in the game, too. So just when you think the ball is being, you know, they're sinking the ball into one of these girls, they're not scared to take the shot. They're not scared to kick it out and find their open person. And they dominate defensively as well. And that's why I think they're really going to give Notre Dame a tough time in this one. On the Notre Dame side, though, you look at Muffet. Muffet likes to push the rock, man. That team, matter of fact, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but from all the teams that I've watched this year, I think Notre Dame gets up and down the court better than anybody because almost one through five, just about anybody on that squad can push it. They like the fast pace, and when that shot is on, they're very hard to beat. Teams seem to stay in the game with them just when they seem to be off, when they're not getting those shots, not when those layups are not falling. But as far as pushing up and down the court, I don't think anybody does it better than Notre Dame. No doubt about it. Like you said, one through five can can push the rock. Uh, we all remember Arike Agumbawale from last year uh, yep. knocking down those two late late Jays in the Final Four. You know, finishing squads, <laughs> finishing squads like Kobe, and, and she got that Mamba mentality, like she stated herself. Uh, also, you got Brianna Turner and Marina Mabry. Marina Mabry is probably. I mean, obviously, Enrique mm-hmm. uh, is the key to the, to the squad in most people's eyes, but but Marina Mabry might be the X factor. Yeah, I can see that happening. I can definitely see that happening. Um, if we're looking for, if we're looking for, I guess anything in this particular game that's going to decide it, as cliche as it is, we expect somebody to step up, probably even somebody that we don't normally talk about. But I'm just thinking that, as cliche as it sounds, Source, it's just going to be who stays out of foul trouble and who hits shots. That's just basically on what it is. Um, both teams are going to be tough in the paint, as I've already mentioned. I think Bale is just a little bit tougher. If they're too big, stay out of foul trouble, it's going to be awfully tough for Notre Dame to, def- to defend them throughout the entire course of the game. I'm not saying they won't have any success. If Notre Dame's shots are not falling in transition, uh, Baylor doesn't give you many second-chance opportunities. So you're going to hit the shot, or if you get fouled, you're going to get to the line and make the free throw. You know, so I know it's easy to say, of course, if a team doesn't hit shots, they're going to be at a disadvantage. Well, a lot of teams can overcome that, missing shots, and, and find other ways to win or things come back to them later in the game. 
I don't see that happening. If Notre Dame does not shoot a very high percentage from the floor, they're not going to win it. I think it's going to be a good one, though. I think it's going to be a good one. I think we're going to see a lot more points in this game than we're going to see in the men. I'm going to take Baylor in this game 84-83 points at a premium. I think this game could actually end up being better than the men's game. I 100% agree on this being a better a better matchup than the men's game. More a more exciting matchup anyway than the men's game. Definitely higher scoring, uh, as you mentioned. Gonna be all about that block work for for Baylor. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough for Notre Dame to overcome. Yeah, because they're gonna be like you said. You actually stated it. Uh, one shot and out. <laughs> <laughs> you got to knock that shot down. Mm-hmm. And no layup rules in effect. No layup rules in effect. So that mid-range, the three-point line, uh, better be clicking for Notre Dame to come out with this one. If anything is in their favor, it is the pace of the game. So I'm going to go. You took Baylor. I'm going to go ahead and take Notre Dame. Um, the pace of the game, getting up and down the court versus those bigs of Baylor might make a difference. So I'm going to go Notre Dame 79, Baylor 71. Awesome. So I guess we both are on the same page for the most part. They realize that depending on how the game flows, either team can actually win this thing. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just basically who is allowed to play their game. Probably It's definitely going to dictate who wins it, man. Um and I'll be tuned in, without a doubt. I know you will be, too. too. I'll be doing the balancing yep. act between that uh, between that and, of course, WrestleMania with my son. But I'll, I'll have it pulled up on the screen as well. So it is what it is, but it should be fun. That's not it should be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, but we mentioned the UConn. We mentioned the UConn women, bro. And a lot was floating around in the group with the UConn women um, about the question was brought up. I believe it was by Jeannie Eason about whether or not the UConn women, of course, who did not make it uh, to the finals, you know, this year, have they fallen down? Um, are they still a powerhouse, or is it that other teams are just happening to caught up, you know, have caught up with that particular squad? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I remember uh, when current UConn uh, Husky Megan Walker was uh, was still in high school. We had a discussion, and uh, but actually about her. And you were mentioning how you wanted to see her go somewhere other than UConn, just to mm-hmm. kind of spread the wealth. And I feel like that is a mentality that's kind of kind of permeating the game right now. Not everybody's not everybody's at UConn. Not everybody wants to go to UConn. At this point, and it's you know it's not for everybody. Like you got to go in. It's like KD going to Golden State. If you don't win a championship, then it's a bad look. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts. You're expected to win, and and that's that's it. Even at this point, UConn lost what three games total. Mm-hmm. And we're still looking at UConn like, what's wrong with UConn? They were in the Final Four. They lost three games because they're not as good. That, you know, as far as the eye test, they don't look as as thorough as they have in the past. And this, as you mentioned, 
in the group. This is probably the least talented uh, UConn squad from top to bottom in the last at least 10 years. It's probably more than 10 years, for real, but just to keep it fair, at least 10 years. So that is definitely uh, a legit point. I do think the talent is kind of spread out, and it's a beautiful thing to see, man. You know, the more the merrier. Like I say all the time, once you get past about 12, maybe maybe 16, maybe we'll say 16. Right. Really, once you get about past about 12 teams in college, mm-hmm. uh, women's basketball, it's downhill from there. It's like the haves and the have-nots. And that's why you see people get dragged in those early rounds and even throughout the season. You know, some teams have it and they, they have a lot of it. Some teams don't. That's just that's just what it is. That's just what the, how the game has been been built. But at this point, you see that talent starting to spread out around the country even more. And it's not just the upper echelon players that are going well, it's not just UConn where the upper echelon players are going. It's getting spread out across the country uh, and a little bit more. I mean, it, it doesn't take a lot to go from the very, very top to just a very good team and be in that mix with five or six other squads that show up every year. You make a great point about spreading the wealth, and nothing more evident, even if you look at this coming year, I don't know how much you really look at um, high school recruiting across the landscape, but you, you think about this particular season. We're used to UConn dominating the uh, the All-American games and having, you know, two and three players at some point in the McDonald's All-American games. Well, really their lone really big get is a young lady from New York, um, Aubrey Griffin. And she's coming in, and she's ranked like 33rd in the ESPN rankings. She's going there. But the two girls that they actually recruited uh, just as high, um, there was a, a young lady by the name of Haley Jones. She's on the way to Stanford with a great coach with Tara Vanderbilt. On mm-hmm. the way to Stanford. They thought they had her on lock. She's not going there. She also played in the McDonald's Own American Game. Um, this other young lady, Aaliyah Boston. Shout out to Don Staley. Don Staley got her. She's heading to South Carolina. So these were two recruits. They were recruiting just as much as they were recruiting Arby Griffin. And they're two of the top recruits. Both of these young ladies, I do believe, were rated higher in the rankings than the young ladies that they're getting. Um, so, yeah, some of, some of these, you know, some of these uh, young ladies are choosing to go other routes. And they've always done that, but I think it's starting to happen at a, at a uh, you know, even more and more. Now, if you look back at the squad now, um, Kristen Williams, she was the MVP of last year's uh, McDonald's All-American game. Um, she played in that, so they, they, you know, they did pretty well with her, and she'll get a uh, probably have a, a, a increased role, I should say, next season uh, with the two seniors leaving UConn, um, Nafisa Collier and Kay Lou Samuelson. So, and I and I suspect it would be more of Megan Walker's squad then, and she should, yeah, she takes her next step. But yeah, man, I just think that. A lot of these young ladies, even more so than never, are choosing their schools a little bit differently. So I think it's kind of, you know, to answer the question, is kind of both. Um, they're not the team of years ago. And the reason why, number one, because some of those young ladies are going to these other premier programs. And, not, and they're not going mm-hmm. to Slack School Source. You look at it. Stanford, perennial power every year. they right there. Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Every year, they're right there. 
Don Staley's been building something great. We've seen, you know, Don got, you know, went in and got her something, you know, got her something big in the trophy case here recently and continues to recruit well and even sending young ladies to the WNBA. Um, yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Look, look, Oregon, we talk about Oregon. Like, Oregon? Yeah. Oregon mm-hmm. uh, not only has one of their best players saying she's, you know, she'll, she'll be returning is eligible to leave, but we're also looking at the fact that they snagged a couple of decent recruits, so we may be hearing from them. So I think it's a little bit of both. But to answer a question, it was a couple of gentlemen in our group, I believe, and I know both of them are UConn fans. And I was saying, um, not to discredit them, I you know, that's your squad, that's your squad. I can't talk about nobody's squad. My squad stinks right now. But – <laughs> we're, you know, when we're talking about UConn, nothing was more evident than me. So as I saw them play a ton of games this year, more so on the strength of two things, just because I'm a college basketball fan on the women's level. Um, and uh, no matter if it is UConn. And number two, of course, you know, our girl, hometown girl, Megan Walker. Nothing was more evident to me to watch some of these wins that they have. And that's what I was trying to project to the guys and say, look, I'm not saying they're not a powerhouse, but watching some of the games that I've seen this year, when I'm watching the real powerhouse UConn squads with Blast Cats, the Blast East schools, normally by 30 and 40 points, they struggle. They had a little bit of a time with UCLA. They had a little bit of a time for a period with Buffalo of all squads. Their game was a lot closer than it should have been. Cincinnati. And then Carolina. Back, I'm, I'm sorry, Carolina, Carolina, California, about I think like 10 points, something like that. These are the schools that the, you know, the other squads would blast by 30 points or more. So that, that tells you a lot. Now, I'm not saying they won't come back strong next year. I mean, it is Geno. It is UConn. But, yeah, they, they've definitely taken a dip, man. The, the loss of uh, Katie Lou Samson and uh, Nafisha Collier is going to be heavy. It's going to be heavy. Yeah. So. That's that's uh, quite a loss, but hopefully uh, Crystal and and Megan are able to step up to the plate, take the reins, and uh, get it back back in back in the saddle again. I mean, and, and Gino is going to be back, man. Whether it's next year or the year after, he'll build these girls strong. I mean, he you can look up and down college rosters on the on the men's and women's, and you in basketball. Um, and you can see players from every state, from uh, you know, from various states. But you look at UConn's roster. Out uh, of the ten young ladies they listed on their roster, nine of them are from different states. Um, so he's gonna reach way out there to you know to to try to get and do what he needs to do. And I suspect they'll be back. They'll be one of the top three, four teams probably in the country to start the season um, in the rankings. We'll just see what happens there. But, um, yeah, I just think it's a little bit of both. But anybody who just thought that uh, the fact that UConn was still winning and, and was making it to the Final Four, that this was the exact same team, obviously having watched probably more than three or four games, watched them play three or four times the whole season. Fair, fair assessment. All right, Zion, man. I know everybody got Zion fatigued. But we, I do want to talk about this, man. Um, and we're not really going to talk about the supposed scandal. We ain't going to talk about it today because there ain't really a lot to report today. You know, not right. saying we won't talk about it later, but it's not a lot to report. But the talk has been, has already shifted to the fact of how Zion projects on the next level because there's still some 
some haters, some doubters, uh, a lot of the same people that said his game wouldn't translate to college uh, because uh, all he does is dunk the ball. Now we've seen in college that there's uh, more to Zion's game. So I just took the top three teams, um, well, not the top three teams, but the three teams that will most likely have uh, the best chance at having the top three picks in the this coming NBA draft because it's kind of different, man. Like, if you look at how Zion's game breaks down, all right, a lot of people compare them source to Larry Johnson and the Barkley. I think a lot of that is warranted. He's got some, some of the characteristics of both. So I think he translates, in my opinion, on the next level to the kind of the way those two players did. So if I look at the top three teams, which uh, when it comes to the draft, I should say, are most likely to have uh, a chance at the number one pick, that would be the Knicks, the Suns, and the Cavaliers. Which of those three teams do you think he fits Bell with, you know, best with, and how does this game translate, in your opinion? Can you imagine how people would have nitpicked LeBron if he had actually gone to college? Mm-hmm. Not being able to shoot. <laughs> if that's all you got to say is he can't shoot, and he does, he, but he does everything else. Well, you tripping if you got something negative to say. If you're saying the worst part of his game is shooting, but you love LeBron, so the worst part of his game is shooting, and you love LeBron out of the gate. So it's it's just the thing of the moment. That's how people are. Got to find something negative to say. I don't know how he'll he'll pan out. To be honest, I don't want him going to Cleveland at all. Like nobody should, nobody should have to go to Cleveland without LeBron being there. This is just no. It just shouldn't be a thing. Not Cleveland. Phoenix would be cool. I'd rather see John Morant go to go to Phoenix, run the show, let Devin Booker mm-hmm. go back to being Devin Booker. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Phoenix is looking to to have Devin Booker be uh, more ball dominant like Russ. Or even like Harden, right. or what? But him at the two with John Moran at the one, I think that's a better look for them. Unless you're saying, you know, unless you want Booker to be that Westbrook slash Harden guy. If that's the case, that might be a good look because they like to get up and down the court. Plus Zion plays defense, and Lord Phoenix does not. So maybe he can instill some defensive uh, something into the, that squad. I'm all about him going to New York. Not even thinking about the squad that they have there at the moment because that's not going to be the squad next year. It doesn't even really matter. I want him to go to New York because I think he's going to shine in New York. Uh, he's still young. He's going to get nitpicked. He's going to get you know, pulled apart as far as a person and the stuff like with the girls and all that. that if that was in New York, they'd still be talking about it today you know, in the headlines. For no reason, just because it's a player in New York. But I think he's going to grow. You know, he's going to get, you know, get more mature, and his game will develop. Everybody says Barkley. I see Barkley. I can see why they say Larry Johnson. I say he is a uh, he's Julius Randle on steroids. So that's what I'm going with. I got him as Julius Randle. Randle dominates the ball, same as Zion a lot of times. He'll back you down. He can get to the basket. He can pass, but Zion plays, you know, plays defense, and that's going to be a critical part of the difference in how he develops as opposed to other people. So 
I'd like to see him in New York. I know you want him in New York. I do, I do, but I'm I'm not foolish enough to be riding that train and think just because we had the worst record in the league on purpose that he's going to be in New York. Um, a, a lot of people are not doing their homework and see and, and knowing the fact that there's a couple other teams that have an equal chance of getting the number one pick. So since mm-hmm. they've changed everything, there is no guarantee. As a matter of fact, I saw something the other day that said the Knicks <laughs> – May may have a higher chance of getting the fifth pick than they do the first pick. Good yeah. Lord. So it, when you do the when they, uh, one of the cats, I can't think of who it was, but somebody uh, trusted and respected the NBA. They broke it down, and they were showing that the Knicks like could be like at forty seven percent odd, or something like that. But wow. anyway, um, yeah. So I'm not even fooling. My mindset has already moved on to okay. Is thinking at least get the third pick, the top three, and how will we look with Morant or even or, or R.J. Barrett possibly? So, but yeah, I want Zion. I, I do. I, I'm not gonna lose it. Like I know our, our group member Jawan Carter gonna lose it. We, we might, matter of fact, we might have to go send somebody to check on him if we don't get the top pick. <laughs> I, I might send somebody to to New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? You know, check on my boy up there. Send Tim Greg Hall up there or something. But, yeah, so, but, yeah, I hope that we get him. And I think he projects best with the Knicks, not because that's my squad, obviously. It's because I look at the coaching. And, granted, say what you want about the Knicks this season. We all know that everything that happened to them this year, none of, none of it is Fisdale's fault. This was all by design. They intended to lose and lose a whole lot for two reasons. Number one, to look at the young talent that may be able to stick around for a while. And they found a couple of guys, especially maybe, especially Mitchell Robinson. Um, they took a shot on him, and Mitchell Robinson has just played very well. Um, so is Trier. And Knox has had his ups and downs. But that was the key. And number, number two was, of course, they wanted to get a high draft pick. So I think, I think for the coaching standpoint, Fisdale it would be very good for him in his game, especially the style that the Knicks, you know, like to run. Um, and a lot of his positionless. I know that he will always talk about his point guard. He would talk about Moutier. I don't know why. I just think it's because Moutier had to be there. But, you know, Dennis mm-hmm. Smith, um, the potential of the players that they could bring in. But the way they play, Zion could do a lot for this squad. And, yes, and help rejuvenate New York as well, whether, they get, whether or not they get a Durant or they get a Kyrie or whoever they could end up with. Even if they will only land one of those free agents, um, pairing them with Zion, though it wouldn't win any titles um, in the first couple of years, it definitely would make New York more exciting. So I just think, though, more so from the coaching standpoint, um, if nothing else, if I had to pick between those three teams, it's going to be the New York Knicks. Um, the Suns, yeah. Who was it when you guys were, were, were tripping and agreeing in the group, they said if he went to the Suns, would they be the most exciting? What thirty-five win team in the league or something like that? Yeah, I believe <laughs> it. I, I think I don't know if that was B more or Trek, but yeah, definitely thirty-five wins. That would be it. But that means that's fair. Yeah, him, 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 and Booker and Aiden would be fun to watch for sure. Um, and they'll they'll be a losing team that would probably get a lot of play on um, ESPN NBA nights and the NBA channel, the TNT <laughs> yep. games. But, uh, but it, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, um, his footwork, 
He's got a little footwork there, but he can only get better. And I just think that a squad that gets him when he gets to the league, man, and we talk about his projection, you know those guys are going to get a quality, a, a, a old veteran to work with him. You know the one person I would love to see him work with, though? Who that? Kobe. I think, let me tell you, I know, I know Kobe wasn't a big man, and I don't know that Zion's really going to be in the post all the time based on his size and the way that they run the way the NBA is played now. But when we're talking about footwork and working on his shot, you know, maybe because Zion's explosion is crazy. So imagine him using that explosion just to get a defender off and to be able to pull up from at least mid-range. I think Kobe would be the perfect, perfect guy for him to work with in the offseason. Interesting. Interesting. I guess we shall see. All right. So... Uh, a couple of more things. Let's get to your boy Paul Pierce's comments, man. Your boy Paul <laughs> Pierce said, "Your boy, he seemed to think that he better than D Wade, man. And if he had the uh, play with the type of players D Wade played with, he'd have himself about four, five, maybe six ranks. What say you, man? Paul Pierce, man. You know, I understand he has a big ego." However, we got to keep it in reality. I mean, some people, some people don't think D Wade is, is well, don't realize the greatness of D Wade. They kind of overlook it. But we've had discussions where we we've seen D Wade is a top five. Some people say top three. I say top five shooting guard in the NBA history, like ever. So. When Paul Pierce tries to put himself in that same category, you know, people are going to look at him crazy. They're going to give him the my, my favorite meme. They're going to give him the, the Russell Point joint when, like when the fan was cursing at him. That's the joint. Like, that's your man. Somebody get your man. Get this dude. So Jalen got him straight. <laughs> Jalen Rose got him straight. But it don't matter. All the facts in the world will not convince Paul Pierce that he is not better than D Wade, so that's just that's just the Paul Pierce way. You you don't think he's smoking some of them trees? Because you know any one of those cats that invested in one of those uh, medical or one of the marijuana ventures or something? Did you hear about that? No, but I ain't mad at him. I mean, smoke yeah. the weed if you want to smoke the weed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I think he was high. Man, he was on set. <laughs> uh, that man said. He should have said, D-Wade ain't never get stabbed, come back, and play more basketball. He got him there. <laughs> I just trip off the fact that, um, like, he he just don't care, like, evidently, man. Because, like, when they was asking him, telling him about cats he used to play with, like, how dare he do Antoine Walker like that? Regardless of what Antoine Walker became later, he and Antoine Walker were fun to watch, and they could ball out. Absolutely. So it's not like he – you know, I'm not saying he had, like, prime Shaq on his squad and, uh, or, or, or LeBron, but I'm just saying they, they won't, sorry. But just the fact that you can make those comments and forget just how good, if nothing else, how good a defender Dwayne Wade has been throughout the majority of his career. I'm not putting Paul Pierce in, in, my, in my greatest defenders category at no date and time, bro. No, I'm not. Not even when he tried, he won't. He wouldn't be in the greatest. And I ain't saying he the worst, but he surely ain't the greatest. 
if nothing else, Dwayne Wade um, can stake that claim. As hey, yeah, I defended too, bro. So it was more than just me playing with these guys. I went out there and got it on both ends. So and yeah. and D Wade actually led a squad to the title. So true indeed. There's obviously that. Indeed. Alright, so look, man, what's up with your Lakers, bro? Um, is Luke Walton mm-hmm. coming back? And look, is Luke Walton coming back? And if he ain't coming back, how you feel about these rumors about y'all next coach, Jawan Howard? Uh, just everybody they bring it up, man. I mean, what's your thoughts on this? I'll keep it brief, Prime. Is Luke Walton coming back? I'll say I hope not, but not because I don't think he's a good coach. I do think he's a good coach. I do not think he is a good coach for LeBron because you just got to be a different kind of dude with LeBron. Like, that's just a different thing. I mean, people still insult Eric Spolstra, and Eric Spolstra has turned out to be a very good coach, but people still think he was some puppet. You know, they can always <laughs> insult Tyron Lue. They can always insult Mike Brown. I don't know what that's about, but it is what it is. Luke Bolton, no, he's not going to be there next year. The Lakers are going forward. They're not going to play around with this whole LeBron four-year thing. One year's down, three years to go. These next two are the critical ones because they're the ones in the middle. So bringing in new players, hopefully two uh, high-level players, along with the new coach who is used to that environment or built for that environment to be around LeBron, it is what it is. Even if it's for just the time that LeBron's there, it's fine because this is the time that they need to make whatever move they're going to make. As far as the coaches, I have no problem. I know everybody's like, oh, Juwan Howard, blah, blah, blah. No, I had no problem with Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard has been on, on the bench for a long time. It ain't like he's some, some dude that was sitting in the studio and then, you know, they just like, oh, hey, did the name, let's throw it out there. Nah, Juwan Howard's been a coach for a minute and if this is his first first gig so be it I'm okay with that now this whole Jason Kidd thing I wish they would I wish they would you know the hope tree and the wish tree I don't hope they would I wish they would have some Jason Kidd to coach the Lakers I will hop a plane go out there Jonah. I don't know what I'm going to do I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there, but I will write a stern letter to the organization if they hire Jason Kidd. Anybody else? I don't care. I, I don't have any, any – I don't want this coach other than Jason Kidd. If Jason Kidd couldn't coach the best player currently in the league to grow his game and, and grow – you know – the pieces around him and have a better squad than what they were, then I surely don't want them with the Lakers. No. No thanks. <laughs> Alright, so we know the Ty Lue thing just comes up because Ty Lue, Dave, she's coached him before. Also rumors of Ty Lue plays pickup basketball with some of the cats consistently at the Laker organization, so he's got it in there. And of course, Jawan Howard, I mean, there's a lot him and Bron's relationship, they play, they ball together. They've uh, his tie to Rob Palenka probably. Uh, the 
uh, from his days of being with the uh, a member of the Five Five. Well, I mean, Palenka was on the Five Five, but he was on the squad. Um, so yeah. it was just it's a lot of That's talk good. there. But that this gonna be interesting. What you said, bro? Yeah. Fab six. Palenka was six. Fab. Maybe seven. Well, I don't know. It was. Nah, but it could, he won't fab though. So it just should be fab five. Oh, he, he was on the squad. <laughs> he wasn't fab. Yeah, he, he won't fab. He won't fab, bro. You can't you can't put him in that class. I MVP, we talked about it before, Giannis or Harden. Here's my final answer. Co MVP. That's it. Yeah. I got I got nothing else. <laughs> I can't decide, yeah. man. It's too hard. It is too hard. It's ridiculous. Like either way you go, it's gonna be unfair to the other one because they deserve it as much as you know, they both deserve it. Co MVPs. I'm good with that. I'm definitely good with that. Giannis leading his squad to the best, help leading his squad to the best record in the league at 59 of them things. Who'd have thought they'd have had more wins than probably a couple of these teams we could look at? But best record in the league there, and then you can't disrespect um, what Harden has done, though. I mean, through all the injuries, you know, throughout the lineup uh, to probably the second and third or two of the top three or four players. Uh, other than himself on that squad and he still managed to be sitting in third right now only a game out of the second spot winners of five in a row how how can you disrespect that man like that either like it's a tough one matter of fact source i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna have a problem with the league if they do anything but elect co-mvps it's got to be co it's got to be co they got to figure that thing out bro so that's the route they got. It's got to be co-MVP. Straight up. I am with lastly, you 100%. Lastly, anything special that you're looking for as we end and off the season, man, about to go into these playoffs? Well, you just kind of mentioned part of it. Though. A lot of people probably don't even realize that Houston, they're probably looking at Houston as a middle-of-the-road in playoff team. Houston is one game out of second place. They're one win out of second place. That is crazy. Let them people slide into that two spot. Ooh, if they slide into that two spot, it's going to be a problem. I'm trying to tell you, it's going to be a problem. Uh, if I had thought about it yesterday or gotten a moment, I would have told uh, the Spurs, bro, I'm going to need y'all to get all the way out that eight spot, whatever y'all do. <laughs> y'all, I'm going to end up in that eight spot, though. I want to see y'all get to the second round. Don't end up in the eighth spot. If y'all can deal with Houston, y'all can deal with Denver. Nah, go to State going to drag whoever is out there. Only team I don't see them dragging straight up is OKC as far as, you know, teams that are close to the to the eighth spot. So I'm looking to see if, if San Antonio can get out of there. And this, the eighth spot, not that it really makes a difference, but I want to see who gets this eighth spot in the East, man, because East, yeah. between Detroit, Miami, even even Charlotte, I mean, Charlotte, you know, pretty much out of it, but even Charlotte still has a slight chance. It, you know, I mean, I still think there's some, some you know, some boasting, some, some validity, some, you know, positivity to be in a playoff team. You know, some teams, you didn't, it's not like you tanked. So, even if you get in the eighth spot, you were in the playoffs. That's how I feel about it. So, I'm looking forward to seeing who grabs the eighth spot and who tries to 
not get swept by Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I look at it that in the West is interesting, man. The Thunder sitting right there, uh, battling the Spurs. <laughs> They're seventh and eighth right now. Lord knows, I don't know what's happened to the Thunder. We were riding really, really high on them. Now, even though they've won two in a row, they seem to have uh, dipped just a tad bit. Um, so I'm interested, interested to see if number one will they actually finish because they they definitely got to stay out of that eighth spot as well. And I think a matchup. Depending who nails the two, I do think the matchup, if they stay the seventh um, and they have to play the Nuggets, I think that's a, could be an interesting matchup, especially if Thunder can find their way. I know we'll talk playoffs later, but I just think that could be interesting. So, yeah, we're watching that seventh and eighth spot. Um, we're watching the two and three spot, as we mentioned, with the Rockets and the Nuggets and how that pans out. Um, I think we were about dead on when we were talking teams about the Trailblazers being – I remember, I think I expected them to stay right around that fourth spot. They're sitting right in the mm-hmm. fourth spot right now, um, you know, even with the injury. Um, and I look at the East. It's not a whole lot because it's, there is a whole lot, but it's not a whole lot. We don't know what we're getting from the Celtics. Every time we think Boston has found themselves, then they go into a dip. Now, they've won three in a row. So when are we going to really see playoff Boston? Are we going to see them from the jump? Because there's obviously, obviously some things going on there. Um, and then the interesting one for me, it's funny I keep bringing them up because they are far from my squad, but you and I talked about we were on different sides of the fence. Where are the, are the Nets? Um, I fully expected them to make the playoffs. So they sitting there at 40 wins and sitting in, uh, what they sitting in the sixth spot, right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they started to get a little healthy. They got their guards back. You know, D'Angelo Russell, we've talked about him. Phenomenal uh, season that he's had. Uh, but I'm just interested to see once they get in there, which, yeah, they should hold true. So once they get in there, are they going to make it out of the first round? That's a tough get for them because as of right now, they be playing uh, with Philly as of right now. Mm-hmm. So they're in a yeah. tough spot. But I just, I just think um, – all in all, through everything they've been through and, and all the building they're trying to do. And they've got money, too. Nobody talks about them being a player in free agency. Um, they've got a little money, too. But it's just interesting to see how they're going to end up. So that's really just what I'm watching right now, man. But it would be good for D-Wade to get in at least one playoff run, even though they probably get dragged. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hope he goes out in the, in the playoff game. No doubt, no doubt. That's all I got. You got anything else? Let's see. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we went a little long today, folks, but you got we ain't been on the air in a minute, so we was gonna stretch it out. Knew that was coming. I appreciate everybody sure. that made it to the end of the podcast. I do want to give one quick shout out to not only the entire Sports Ball Podcast group on Facebook, but but particularly the guys that are rocking with us in the. Baseball league. We had a, uh, we have a fantasy baseball league. The first full week is coming to a close today. We got some tight games for round uh, uh, for our round one, or should I say, the first week? And everybody's pretty much still in there. Our uh, week one game, so it's be interesting to see how that how that shakes out, man. But yeah, so as we had a ten, you you know you didn't get in it, but we got a ten team our league going on. Uh, a lot of the cats you expected to be in it are in it. Arvin Jackson, Caesar Gonzalez. Christopher Robin, 
um, you know, some of our favorite Tyler Wilk, some of our favorite folks are in the league, man, and we having a whole lot of fun with it, man. So I want to shout out everybody, and I mean everybody who rocking this MLB fantasy season going to be fun. And uh, when I put out the standards, look for Braves 804 because I'm trying to get that. <laughs> well, good luck to everybody in the league. Yeah, I had to let y'all have that one because, you know, I like to throw all my money away at FanDuel on a daily basis. Yeah, we did. Look, we did this one. We did this one. Actually, it's free. Um, you know, foot, baseball is not like when we do football. Everybody in on football. People like baseball, but only watch it a certain time. Sometimes they don't want to put it in the work, which I can understand because baseball is a lot of work. Does take some yeah. knowledge, a lot, a lot more knowledge than the other games do. So I understand. So we only filled about halfway when we talked about money. So I see, you know, this is our first time really doing it. Let's scrap it. I'm going to be the generous guy. We're playing straight up. It's a free league, but there will be a trophy handed off or mailed off to the winner of the league at the end. Hopefully, I don't have to do no postage. Hopefully, I ain't got to go down and box nothing up. Hopefully, it stays right here in in my residence. But, yeah, the person will have uh, SBP, Fantasy League champion, uh, for the season on it, and it will have their name on it at my expense. Dope. Yeah. So, but as always, I'm your boy Prime. We thank you for rocking. What else you can catch me social media wise on Twitter and Instagram at Prime SBK for all your sports, TV, comic book, comedy, whatever needs. That's where I be at. Source, what up? Uh, at Smitty Source on Twitter, at Smitty Source. Um, underscore, well, what is it? Source underscore Scotia all on Instagram, E-S-H-K-O-S-H-K-A. No doubt. Thanks for rocking with us. And we'll be back soon. Probably won't be as long as this podcast, but we missed you guys, so we had to get it in. But until next time, your boys up out of here. SBP, y'all. Cheers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.